Hey everyone, and welcome back to That Plumbing Podcast. I'm Brandon the Plumber, and I'm very excited this week because I'm getting to sit down with my friend Caesar. We've worked together in the past, a couple of different companies, and he is a great example of someone who came from broke fix mentality and saw that options really do increase ticket averages and it helps you provide a better service. So I'll let you tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you get into plumbing? Yeah, of course. First of all, thanks for having me on, Brandon. Appreciate the opportunity. But yeah, I've been in the service world about four years now. Came from a background where didn't believe in options. It was more of a come in, fix the problem, get out. That's all my background at the beginning was. I got an opportunity to work with second employer. They actually brought me into the training of somebody that you did too, Joe Cacera. Yep. Service MVP. Yep, exactly. That really changed my whole life. It changed my whole perspective on everything when it came to service, providing those options and just letting the customer choose what is right for them. Just we're the professionals, here's your options and you choose what you'd like to do with them. But yeah, that's my background. About four years in the service world. Four years in service. And yeah, we should. I'll just give a shout out to Joe Cressera from Service MVP because although I had started to dabble in the ideas of giving options before I came across his program, and we actually went through the program at the same company, yeah. you actually you went to the live training for a week. Yeah, I did a live training out in Denver in 2020, I think it was, 21. So that was great. I got to meet him in person and work with him. So Yeah, he's, he's pretty cool. He's, he knows his Coach stuff. Joe, yeah. <laughs> Uncle Joe. Yeah, I went to his, it was a coaching meeting in LA, I don't know, a few months ago. Okay, I remember that was more the manager side one, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was still very valuable. And we signed up for his program because you now you can actually pay, I think it's 50 bucks a month and you'll get access to his videos and he'll give you like a an overview, a, a crash course of his system. And it definitely works. Yeah. I think we can both attest to that. Yeah. So he's the one that kind of really sets you on the course of given options. And so how was it at first? Was it awkward? Did you catch on really well? How did that go? I was hard-headed at first about it. More of a, I think my mentality was so blind and I guess I was like, everybody's scared to be a salesperson. It's scared to, I'm a plumber. I'm not a sales guy, that type of mentality. And so at first it was a little awkward getting into that role with the options and all that. You do feel a little salesy and whatnot, um, but it's really not. Once you do get it rolling and all that, you do start realizing it's really not. It's honestly providing great service. That's all it is. Exactly. And I, mean, like I was I talked about this in previous episodes. It's all about basically your intent and how you're approaching the situation. Are you trying to steer them into the premium option or are you just educating them and then giving them the options? Yeah, exactly. The way I see it is I'm just here helping you make an educated choice. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Just make an educated purchase. And that's what my job is. And I can't strip you. Maybe the Ferrari premium option isn't for everybody. But the ones that do want that option, the ones that do care about their time and really don't want to spend time dealing with plumbing issues, those are the people that we just can't strip those options from them. We mm-hmm. have to be fair with everybody because we don't know at the beginning of that call, we don't know what their mentality is and how they want to proceed with fixing all their plumbing issues. So that's why we follow that procedure through every call. It really helps the customer, helps you too, money-wise and everything. Exactly. Because every call is the same. Every customer gets the same procedure, no matter what they drive, what their house looks like. You have a 
process, you do it every time, no matter what. And to be the kind of like the dealer at a blackjack game, not emotionally evolved or attached to uh, any outcome. You're just, here are your cards. You get to choose. That's what Joe says as well. So shout out, Joe. No, exactly. Shout out, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) So you hard-headed at first. You start to see that it does work. In my experience, just giving the options. We don't need to really overthink six options, all this craziness. Just give them multiple options to choose from. That's it. Yeah. For me, when at the beginning, I was hard-headed towards it, but I started to look at it in a way where all the answers that I've been looking for are here. Before I had any type of training on anything sales wise, all that, I just, the answers are here. If I stick to this, if I actually focus and learn, it's going to change the way I do things. It's just my life. It honestly changed in every aspect, Mm -hmm. money wise and less stress, stuff like that. And I find that going into a customer's house, because you're by yourself most of the day, just in the van, unless you're an apprentice or something like that, it's really easy to get into, it's really easy to get tunnel vision and just making no connections, like being lonely. And I find that when I can go into a customer's house and and connect with them and actually get to know them as a person and build a relationship, even if I don't sell anything, I leave that job with a good feeling. Yeah, I think people at the beginning, like techs and all that stuff, they are all hard-headed. Not all, but most of them, they're really stuck to the, I'm a plumber, I'm not a sales guy. They're going to learn it. You keep it going, I think, technicians they'll eventually they'll see it especially when you got people like me and that can vouch for how this works and all that really helps them turn their thoughts around because you can't it it is sales technically it's sales okay but i think a lot of people just need to see the process how we build the relationship how we talk to the customer how we diagnose the whole system and don't just fix symptoms and then see within the presentation process Are you presenting and trying to scare them into the premium option? Or are you just, here are the facts, here are the benefits, you choose. I think once people see that and understand that you can provide options without being salesy, quote, it's the best thing. Yeah, it's the best thing. What is is your personal definition of service and what makes premium service versus just broke fix mentality? The way I see it is the customer, they're not paying just for our time and all that. They're paying for an outcome while we're out. So it's just us helping them, what outcome do you want from this? Do you want an outcome where you're going to see my face every couple months? Or do you want an outcome where you might not see a plumber for the next three, four years? Um, that's what you're paying for. That's why I think this is this stuff is good. It's good. And mm-hmm. people out there that have thought about it or need help or struggle with day-to-day calls, I mean, this is our livelihood. This is what we do. So anything that can make it better and easier for us, mm-hmm. I encourage everybody to just give it a try. Yeah. So we're going to talking about objection handling today because I've seen you in action. I've worked with you. Have you really, and, and you, I remember when we went through the program, you caught on fast. Like they were talking about you doing well and numbers up within the, I don't know, first couple of weeks maybe. And you really just seemed like from my perspective that you took to it, you didn't question it too much. You, you saw the results and that's all she wrote. Objection handle, I think, is a great subject because I know you have a lot of experience handling objections. Yeah. And especially to either newer guys or guys who just aren't used to giving options, one thing that is important to understand is that an objection is not a no. Oh, yeah. Not, it doesn't have to be a no. Exactly. An objection is the customer is saying they need clarification. They need to understand 
how much value they're getting for the price that you gave them and can be very uncomfortable <laughs> handling objections. That's how it should be, honestly, in a way. Uh, every call, it's going to have objections. I would say about 70% to 80% of our calls, there's going to be objections towards it. And it should make you feel uncomfortable because it's what's going to keep you on your toes. So it's going to be part of it and just yeah. learning how to handle them. If you go to a call and it, it doesn't turn out in your favor, always sit in your van and think, what did I do in that call? Run that call back. And it's really us most of the times. We didn't handle those objections properly. We didn't take the time to understand the customer. A lot of these customers, a lot of times, they just want to be heard. They just mm -hmm. want to put the, their two cents in whatever they got going on, and they just want to be heard. You take a little bit of time and just hear them out. Yeah. Most people probably don't have anyone really listen to them yeah. on a daily basis. Exactly. And if you can go in there and, and really demonstrate that you're listening and you're trying to help them solve their problem ethically, that's, that's the it. battle right yeah. there. No. You only buy stuff from people you trust. Oh, exactly. All right. So it looks like we got about seven or eight different objections and what I'm thinking is we'll just go through each one and we can explain when someone gives an objection, what it actually means, what, what the customer is actually communicating and then ways to overcome it. Uh, one thing that helps me uh, use a baseball metaphor, stay, stay in the box and keep the conversation going because that's really what's about it. It's clarifying what their objection actually means. So number one, I think this is one of the main ones that I, that I come across is I have to talk to my spouse. That's right. a real popular one out there. <laughs> yeah. We all go through that one, at least once a day, maybe. What we have to remember is that the customer did talk to their spouse before you got there. I highly doubt that they have this plumbing issue and they didn't consult their yeah. partner. So that's not exactly what they're saying. The thing is, they just want that pricing from you. They probably have other estimates they're going to get, whatever. But when you run into that, the best way that I handle the let me talk to my wife objection is always leave that house without giving them pricing and get a return visit. Okay, so when's your wife going to be home? When are you guys both going to be here? Or right, let's get her on the phone. Usually when you say, let's get her on the phone, a lot of times like, oh, no, she's working, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so when can I come back? When's mm -hmm. a good day to come back? And always hold on to your pricing. Don't give that pricing up. Set a return visit. You can know how serious they are. If they're really not going to, schedule anything you just lost that customer something you did along that line but don't just give your pricing don't just you understand we have the power with our pricing and mm -hmm. keep that with you always if you're not going to be serious about buying fixing this with me today if you don't want a return visit for me to come back out here sit down because ultimately we don't want the husband to do our job and explain it to the wife it's never going to get explained right it's never going to get across right we need to always tell the, okay, I don't want you to do my job for me. Like, I feel like that's me telling you to do my job. Mm -hmm. So you're but, saying you don't want to assign the customer the job of giving your presentation to the wife or exactly. husband. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So you're saying if this comes up, you try to reschedule where you can come back and give your yeah. presentation where both of them are there. So Mr. Customer, when will your wife be available? I can come back and we can, we can go over these options again. Yeah, all three of us will there. sit down because if you have questions about what, I'm presenting to you right now. How are you going to answer those questions for her? Let me be here. Let me do my job fully. You said don't give up that pricing. No, we don't give up that pricing. That's your power. That's always yours. We don't just... The idea is we don't want to just go out there just throwing out estimates. Boom, here you go. Here you go. Where's your email? 
that's we don't give that pricing up just because we'll come back and we'll sit down and we'll end the presentation. You have to let me present before you know my pricing. If mm-hmm. you are not the one to make this decision today, if it's your husband, your wife, whoever has to be here, your grandma, your grandpa, fine. We're going to schedule it for me to come back. I'm going to sit down with you guys. I'm going to present. And in my presentation, I'm going to give you guys my pricing. I'm not just going to email you my estimates and mm-hmm. just give it up like that. So what happens if I tricked you and they got you to give pricing and then they say that I need to consult my spouse? Well, that's why you got to handle the objection of who's going to make this decision today. Yeah, at that point, if they're going to play that game with you, there's not much you can do, honestly. They're going to BS you through the whole process in that way. Not the whole process, but at that end, they're going to BS you on, oh, yeah, at the end, still got to talk to my... But yet again, at that point, you drop the ball on it from the beginning. Because at that point, if... You're going to ask them, are you going to be the one making this decision today? At what point do you ask them that? It's at the beginning of the call. You're handling like who found this problem, all that type mm-hmm. of stuff. But at the beginning of that call, you're, you so are you going to be the one making this decision today? Will you be the one paying for this today? Stuff like that. You, you want to ask those to handle those objections at the beginning. That way, when they do present themselves, you already have like, oh yeah, I'll be the one fixing all this. I'll be the one signing for all of this today. Mm-hmm. That way they hit you with the, well, I need to talk to my wife. Sir, when you said you were going to be the one, you know, making this decision, like what's stopping you then? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the real reason? Yeah. Like it, it sounds like you wanted to get this fixed. It was urgent to you. Like, why aren't we getting it fixed? Mm-hmm. And that's a concept that I don't think a lot of people realize if they're just getting into this is that objection handling doesn't come strictly at the end when you're given your presentation and prices. You can actually like you said, set up objection and handling at the beginning of the call. Yeah. You lay the foundation so you like you get information from them in the beginning to, to, so that you're not hit at the end with, oh, I got to talk to my wife. Yeah. Because you've already handled that. But yeah, the objection handling uh, process, the procedure for that, it's you're handling all those objections up front before you get hit. You don't handle objections just when you get hit with them. That's not where you want to start handling your objections. It's from the beginning of that call. Who found this problem? How did that make you feel? Ask those type of questions. So that way you can handle all that up front on your own terms. And then at the end, once you got all that covered, that way you're not spending time. Oh, you're not looking to get this fixed today. Okay. I'm sorry. If you're just shopping it around, I set the expectation to where I'm not going to spend two, three hours here when you're telling me it's not something I really want to get fixed. Because your time's money. And I, I know in the beginning you can ask when you, when they're describing the problem, you'll say something like, so let me clarify, is this something you want to get fixed today? Yeah. Or are we just getting estimates? Exactly. Ask that just taking a look at it. Stuff like that. We have to handle that up front. And that way you, it sets the standard for the call. It gives you an idea of how this is going to roll out. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always save those type of calls. Don't think just because they tell you also, or just taking a look at this. Yeah, don't spend two hours when that's what their mindset is. Mm-hmm. But, but that doesn't mean, okay, fine, I'm leaving. Good luck. Yeah. I'll just email you. That doesn't, don't get into that mindset of it either but it just sets the standard for you also yeah i mean because your approach is going to be different if they tell you straight up you're the third estimate i'm just getting prices yeah it's a big difference oh exactly so one way that i've found that works is if the customer okay you're at the end of the call you gave your prices the husband says all right this looks great i gotta talk to my wife then you can say oh okay can we get her on the phone try and keep the conversation going like we said. And then if they say something like she's not available right now, then you can say something like if she was here, which price would she, which option would she normally pick? Does she normally do the premium or she's more 
budget conscious. And so in that way, you're getting the customer to decide for them, simulate them being there just to keep the conversation continually going. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And also, it's one of those things when you get to that point, you answer with the question to clarify like how I handle that to keep it going. Everything's answered back with the question. Get to know them, get to understand why they're not willing to move forward on this today. But that's why you just keep question after question. Okay. If they're not saying yes in that moment, their objection is they don't understand what value they're getting for the price that they're paying. So it might be a good time to actually go back and and go over the options again in detail. It's crucial when you're explaining your options to a customer, you go into as much detail as possible because that builds value. Yeah. If you have a leaking angle stop, you don't just go in there and say, oh, I'm going to replace the angle stop. No, you have to shut the water down. You have to bleed down the system. You have to remove the angle. You know, there's all these little processes that customer doesn't know. And if you tell them it's, if you make it sound easy and simple, then they're going to think it's easy and simple. Yeah. So maybe go back over the value proposition and figure out if the customer really needs to talk or if they're just not completely on board with what they're getting versus what they're paying. And so number two, which is how much do you charge per hour or, or what's your hourly rate? I think that it's important to understand that if you're doing flat rate pricing, it's actually better for the customer. Yeah. Because think about it. If you are a new guy, you don't have much experience, you're going out and you're doing like a water heater, it's going to take you significantly more time than someone who's done it for 10 years. So that's not good for the customer because they're paying more for inexperienced technicians. And then if you're an experienced technician that can get the job done faster, you shouldn't be penalized because you can do it faster because of your experience. We'll just go into the role playing and then we'll see how you would handle it. Okay. Hey, Brandon, today it's going to be $2,000 to get this water heater fixed for you. $2,000? Jeez. How much do you guys charge per hour? We don't charge per hour. We have a flat rate pricing system. That's how we generate our pricing for every customer because we want to be fair across the board through every customer. What do you mean flat rate? So what that means is we have a price book that we pull pricing from. It's all pre-calculated. Everything's just in there. We don't come out here and bid how long it's going to take me. If it takes me 10 hours to do this water, you're still paying even if it took me two hours to do it. It's the same across the board. Mm, I see. But if you get it done faster, can I get a discount? If it takes me 10 hours, will you pay me more? (laughs) Probably. I I wouldn't want to. (laughs) So that's why we do flat rate pricing. Mm -hmm. That's exactly why. And then you had said earlier, customers paying for an outcome. Yeah. They should not be worrying too much about the physical movements that I have to do to get the hot water back up and running. Think of it as you're paying me this amount and I'm guaranteeing you with the warranty that I'm going to get the hot water back on. Yeah. You're just paying me for the outcome of this job. It's like uh, your phone bill. You, When you pay your phone bill every month, you don't call T-Mobile and say, hey, so what did you guys do this month to get me service? Like, how did you guys do it? Uh, how many trucks were on the road? Um how? Yeah. No, you just pay it because you're paying for your phone to have service and you to be able to get phone calls. You do receive text messages and you get on Facebook, Instagram, whatever you got to do on the web. Don't look at it as like you're paying me to solder this, to tighten this, to loosen this. No, you're paying me to get there, stop the leak, get you hot water by this evening. They worry too much about exactly what, what we're doing. Yeah. And you're listening to this and you're not on flat rate. Uh, you probably should be. <laughs> no, yeah, you need to be. You need to be. That's the way the industry is going, If and especially in bigger cities. 
like Phoenix, time and material is just an old way of thinking. Very old. There's so many factors in service now with the pricing of vans nowadays, all that stuff. That's why flat rate pricing, it just works. You just go into a little more detail about what actually goes into that hourly rate. If you had a hard time with it, what I would say at that point, you were just belittling yourself because you were just thinking about that angle stop and removing the old one, putting the new one in and turning that water back on. That's all mm-hmm. you were tunnel visioned into looking at. Mm-hmm. If you look at it, yeah, if you, you're charging X amount of dollars for an angle stop, look at it as what it costs to get that job, however you generated that lead or whatever. Marketing, all that. What that costs to put that van on the road, have stock in that van, get there, do diagnostics to determine what's wrong. Like, It's not just ranch time. Mm. It's a lot of different factors into it. Technicians don't understand. You have all different types of insurances, the tools, you have the office personnel calling in the phones. It's just a lot of behind the scenes uh, stuff that goes into the price. And you got to be priced right, man, to have nice things. Um, and I think most importantly, you as the technician want to be paid well. Exactly. You deserve to be paid. You are a skilled tradesman and there's not a lot coming up behind you. And you know, these customers that we're working in their homes day to day, they have nice retirement packages. They probably have nice health care, all that stuff. Like, why can't we have that? Like, we want the same. I want to have a nice retirement package and I want to have good health care. I want to have benefits at my job. I want all that type of stuff. I want end of year bonuses if it's possible. But to get there, we have to be priced right. Absolutely. And it's it's hundreds of dollars per hour, especially if you're in a, a big city like Phoenix. Oh, exactly. Unless your company straight up has a sleazy vibe to it, that price is based upon their business model. And if we're not the business owner, if they say that this is what we need to charge, then that's what we need to charge. And everyone seems to be roughly in the same area, unless you're like a handyman or something. Yeah. But people will be pretty surprised at how much plumbing costs per hour, and it's going to go up, continue to go up. Yeah. It's a great time to get into the field, into the trades. Year by year, more plumbers are retiring, and it's less the amount they're coming in. I strongly believe we will get to the point where it'll be name your prize. Oh, yeah. I, it's starting to show, and I think it'll get there. And Anybody that has second doubts about trades and stuff, this is where it's at. And I'm pretty sure everybody hears it everywhere, but I mean, us being in the trade, it's yeah, I vouch for that 100%. Six figures is doable. Oh, um, yeah, easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll go into the fourth one. Can you email me the estimate? So you've given your presentation, they handled objections, and they're just like, okay, can you just email me this? Can you just email me this information so I can look at it later? How would you respond to that? On the email me one, I always try to tell the customer, well, I got one better for you. Tell me which one do you like. Start having them look at these options again. Which one do you like? Is there one that you like better than the other one? I got one better for you. What do you like about this one? Is there any one that stands out more? We don't want to really email. Like if there's none, you know, that they really, I don't really like any of these options. Honestly, I just need time to go look over them. What what do you need time to research? Like I'm here asking me these questions. That's where I go with question by question, everything, answer it with the question. So keeping the conversation moving. Yeah. And try to get their attention on those options again. Like Mm. now they're... Once they tell you, email me this, like their mind, their focus just went from, ah, I don't really care. Now their focus is just email it to me. I'll get this guy out the door. And then I'm I'm done listening to you. So we want to get the customer's focus, shift it back into those options. Start looking at these options. Start asking them, hey, is there anyone that you like? Is there one that you don't like that you absolutely hate? Hey, I'll just get rid of it right now. 
let, let, let's go over these. Get their focus back on those options. Sounds like you're helping them move along. Yeah. You're, if they're completely against the premium, okay, that's fine. What, what about these other ones? Exactly. We'll go a little role play. Be like, all right, Caesar, all this looks good and everything, but can you just email me these estimates? I'll take a look at them later. Okay, I got one better for you. How about if we just sit down and take a look at these one more time? Okay. Is there one that you absolutely don't like? Hey, is this too much for you right now? Too many? I'll be honest. The I don't really like the economy option. That seems like you're just going to be back out here in, in a few months. The premium is a little bit high. I, I really am having trouble understanding how, how you got that price. Perfect. Yeah. You know what? We're just going to go ahead and get rid of this economy option. Eh, okay. Just erase it. Mm-hmm. Just don't even look at it no more, Brandon. Come on. Let's, okay. The premium one. Let's see what we can do with that premium one. Let's, you say price is what you're not liking right now? It's doable. I just, I'm having trouble. What kind of warranty does it come with? This package comes with the five-year can't write a check warranty. Oh. So for the next five years, I'll be your personal plumbing concierge. You just pick up that phone and I'm here. Yeah, it's a lot of service that does come with the price. So you tell me if anything goes wrong with this tankless in the next five years, it's covered? Oh, completely covered. Really? We will be, I will personally be your plumbing concierge when it comes to it. Is the, is the maintenance is included? Yep. That's a full five years maintenance. Mm. This is my premium plus option. This is my Ferrari option here. Okay. That makes more sense. I didn't understand all the maintenances came with it and the service. Yeah. Let's go ahead and go with the premium. Perfect. <laughs> but it's like just, yeah, we all wish it was that easy. That's just to give everybody an idea of ways to handle it. Question after question mm-hmm. with everything. The thing is, we get in that mindset where it's what well, you get out the door. and Because this mm-hmm. is how I used to be. This is why I say this. He was just like, oh, thank God I'm out that door. That guy was a total pain. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm calling my dispatcher now. I'm putting him on the do not service <laughs> list. <laughs> Black ball. Yeah, it's a bad habit to get. And you do, it's very easy to fall into it. And still to this day, I still need constant refreshers just to be consistent with. Because we always get a little bit lazy sometimes with it. But yeah, I mean, it's just thought I'd bring that up. That's a good example, too, to remember that service, especially when you're talking about the premium, premium options. At that point, the value isn't in the parts or the repair, it's in the service, it's in the warranty. Yeah. So you want to make sure the customer understands why it costs that much. And you only can get that way by asking the questions. If you want to, if the customer says, can you just email that to me? That's very vague on what the problem is. Yeah. So at that point, it's your responsibility to ask questions and try and drill down to what exactly, where is it not making sense? You lost that customer somewhere along that road. Because at that point, what that translates to, can you email me this? That pretty much translates like, okay, I'm done. Like, just mm-hmm. move on with you. Just get out of my house. That's what that translates to. Because they lost, you know, focus on whatever you're fixing, whatever you're looking at. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that, you, we got to take responsibility on ourselves too when it comes to that. It's not always just the customer. It's very easy to say, oh, that customer, blah, blah, blah. It's not always just the customer. It's, most of the times it's us. We are not doing, we're not following the process. We're not sticking to that procedure. And that's, we got to sit back and look back. Yeah. Especially if you're doing, like what we said earlier, in handling this objection in the beginning of the call, asking the customer Okay, what's your purpose today? Do you want to, are you trying to get this fixed today? Or are you just getting estimates? What's going on? And then that's great because if they say, no, I want to get this fixed today, you shouldn't be getting that objection at the end. Oh, exactly. And if you do, 
then you can bring up, I thought you said you wanted to get this know. taken care of. What happened, Mr. Customer? It sounded like you. this is something that was urgent to you. A lot of times they do want to take care of their things. And like I said, we got to take responsibility on ourselves. It's we lost them. It's our fault. They yeah. have a problem. They called you. Why didn't you do it for them? Yep. All right. Number five, we're moving soon. So they say that they don't want to go with the tank list right now because they plan on putting the house up sometime in the future. What's a good way to overcome that? It does bring more value to the home. Always focus on getting things fixed right. Even if you're moving, your home is going to look better when it comes to selling the home. Also, you want to make sure you tell the customer, hey, if you're moving soon, this is a perfect example of why we should do everything right. What happens on the day of closing, they find this problem and then they back out. You're going to have an inspector in this house. They're going to come take a look at all this stuff. This is a perfect example why you need to take this serious and do it the right way. And a lot of times when people are moving and stuff like that, I'll be honest, I've told customers, if you don't plan on living here forever, you're not going to get the benefit of installing your premium plus tank list with all this maintenance. I'm honest. It's probably hurts me, but you got to be honest with it. It's probably not your best option, but you do want to make sure you do install everything up to code because you will have inspectors in and out with this home and they'll give, yeah. they're going to catch this stuff and they're going to call you out on it and then you're going to be stuck with it. And you touched on making them see the value in say going with the tankless, even though they're going to move because that's a selling point when they go to sell the house. If all things being equal, if a customer is looking at two houses, one has a brand new tankless and one has a 15 year old water heater that that weighs in that counts for something in their decision making yeah your house is going to look more appealing to that Mm -hmm. buyer honestly and yeah if they got maybe some old faucets that they don't want to replace so you quote them to replace all the faucets in the house they're like why would i do that i'm about to move you can be like because they're gonna that's gonna show up on the inspection if all of your faucets are leaking or they have calcium corrosion build up on it they're gonna note that and then the potential buyer might talk you down or he has leverage now to lower your price. Whereas opposed, if you just get this all handled now, we can go with the economy option, but it's taken care of. Exactly. All right. Number six, this is a good one. (laughs) Number six, I can get that done way cheaper. I know a guy, I got a handyman. He can do it for at least half that price. Oh yeah. No, I'm sure you can get it done cheaper. Make sure you ask what corners are they going to cut? Do you know what corners are going to cut when they do it cheaper? We thought about that. But my handyman just gives me the price and I then I pay him. Exactly. So I'm sure he could do it cheaper. But there's a reason why he can do it cheaper. It's because he's going to cut corners. Mm-hmm. This is the price to do it right. Not cut any corners. With the warranty. A lot of handymen, they don't have warranties. And they no. technically, they shouldn't be touching plumbing, anything right. to do with the supply line. And I've walked into that scenario also where it's, yeah, my handyman did this for me. But God, yeah, I have this leak here now. And... He's out in Hawaii on vacation for the next two weeks. He said he could be here in three weeks. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do with that leak? Everything should come with some type of warranty, but it's like, well, now you have to call me out. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. Like, it is a little bit more to do it with us, whatever. We are always here for you. We're an established company. We're an established business that is going to respond to you immediately when you do have that leak. Instead of that one-man show where, what if he gets hurt on the job? And typically those guys, they're booked out like crazy because they're so cheap. To not understand why we charge like a real plumbing company charges more is not understanding service and not understanding. Again, you're paying for an outcome, but you're not paying for parts. You're not paying for 35 turns on this one nut. You're paying for the outcome, but a warranty and warranties are huge. And knowing that 
you'll be there if something happens or something goes wrong. That's pretty valuable. Yeah, and to be able to stand behind those warranties, it's just how the typical American shops nowadays is warranties are huge. Every customer, those warranties, you beef them up, you make, make them nice for them, they're going to most likely buy from you mm-hmm. just because of that warranty. It's the whole experience of having a plumbing issue taken care of. How do you feel when they left? If you're charging for $75 an hour, you're going to probably be in and out of there as fast as you can. You're not going to try and talk to them. You're not going to ask questions. You're not going to listen to them. You're like, you get there and you have blinders on and you're like, where's the problem? Oh, I see it. Okay, here, fix it. Okay, go. Meanwhile, who knows how much opportunities you just left there. And you left opportunities definitely behind. You're just leaving money on the table. That's all you're doing when you go in with those blinders. And Mm -hmm. one of my employers that actually did this sales training for me and brought me along with it, he explains that perfectly. It's a lot of these technicians, they come in and, oh, where's the problem? Oh, here's (laughs) problem. Leaky faucet. Oh, I fixed leaky faucet. I leave. And it's like, it's funny to me when he says that and I laugh at it and it's, God, it's so true because that's exactly the guy that I was. Mm-hmm. It's like, you yeah. know, next they have 120 PSI coming through your house. You fix that faucet and six months later, it's dripping again. You get called back there and now you come in and you say, oh yeah, man, it's, I'm sorry, but yeah, you actually, your PRV is bad and we got to replace that. And I can't even honor this warranty now because, but stuff like that, like we got to check it before because it saves you from that callback. So yeah, mm-hmm. sir, like if uh, up from the beginning, if you would have said, check the whole pressure and everything in the house with that leaky faucet, maybe they couldn't afford that PRV at that moment. But you mm-hmm. come back and you're covered. Yeah, like, sir, look at this. Last time I explained to you your high water pressure that you have, look, what's we're back here at the same issue. It's definitely conveying to the customer that your price is versus a handyman. It really, it's about service. Yeah. It's anything that I could really drill down on is uh service comes before plumbing yep mm-hmm. especially when you're dealing with people yeah that's and that's what it is it's the service we're providing everything is about the service yep. we bring all right number seven if you can beat this price i'll give it to you or let's say if you can match this price you can have the work or, or something along those lines where the customer is forcing you to drop your price how would you handle that situation on something like that I'd say okay what's your price Okay, yeah, if you do it for this much. Okay, perfect. What corners do you want me to cut? Which ones? Oh, well, no, I don't want you to cut any corners. Okay, then then you don't want me to drop my price. My price is to do it right. But yeah, if you want to drop the price, what corners? Do you tell me which ones should I cut? And that's because, like you said, it's service. We have to stick to that. It's We're providing a service for this price. Okay, perfect. You want it cheaper? Yeah, I'm sure you're going to... The job's mine if I cut my price in half. When you say something like, okay, what corners do you want me to cut? What do you want me to do wrong? It's telling them, okay, you're asking for less service. It's the only way you're going to get a cheaper price. That's worked for me. I gave you this price for a reason. I didn't give you this price to let's play. (laughs) Well, and then then let's play how many discounts I can give you. Mm -hmm. This is the price to do it. Yeah, it definitely comes back to being confident in your pricing. Exactly. Give them this price and then next thing you're giving them 200, whatever off, then that tells the customer that you're not confident in your pricing. You don't really know where your pricing came from because if you can just remove prices and still be okay, why didn't you just give me that price to start with? It's very crucial to be firm on your prices. If you do anything, maybe you can add some value to it. Uh, You can value stack. You can throw some stuff in here or there if you need to close it. That's why if you have multiple options, then you tell them you can choose this lower option if it's too expensive for you. You don't give them ultimatums. So if you have Joe teaches six options, all about 20% difference across each one, they have a price point for 
every everything if you're following that we also use give part like that type of stuff away okay you know what if if you want to go ahead and move forward with this you know what here i have 15 angle stops you're going to be replacing i'll help you out with the price what if i won't charge you for three of them the whole value stacking and all that that you know helps with that we don't just take the price and just cut it oh yeah i'll do it for half so those six faucets we're doing you know what i won't charge you for the last one try using that yeah don't just give them a dollar amount off you make them see what you're doing specifically so yeah. i'm not just going to discount four hundred dollars what i'm going to do is i'm going to install the sixth one at, at no, no charge, charge. and exactly. it's still on your invoice so they can see what they're getting yep and also that works because let's say the neighbor calls in and let's just say it's a water heater and you just go ahead and just give them okay we typically charge x amount of dollars for this water heater i'm going to give you a 300 dollars discount on it and then he goes and tells his neighbor, I had Caesar out here. He charged me X amount of dollars for this water heater. Mm-hmm. Um, call him. I go out there. I'm giving him the original price on it. He's like, wow, you charged my neighbor this much. And it creates that conflict because then we're not necessarily. Con- but if you price it that way, oh, it's because with him, we gave him a free pan or we gave him a free expansion tank, stuff like that. To back yourself up on it. Yeah. You want to be able to account for how you got that discount. Yeah. Just for anyone listening, something you can always do to throw in some value is flush the water heater. Throw that in there. If you carry aerators on your truck, you can replace some aerators. There are many ways to build value, but we just don't want to knock off the price. Just come off our price because that's you're giving the customer control. If you like, he's like holding you hostage. Give yeah. me this price, or I'm not. No, that's not how this works. No. <laughs> All right, but number eight. It seems like the last one. Very simple. I just don't have the money for it right now, Caesar. I'd like to do it. I want to do it. I love your options. I love your presentation and everything. I just don't have the money right now. Or tell them like, what if I could do this for about $100 a month? Really? A hundred? Yeah. What if I told you I had a way to be able to do this for about $100 a month? I'd be very interested then. What? How can you... What well, you- we offer financing. That's how we're able to do that for you. Yeah, just $100 a month and we can get all this done for you. For people that don't offer financing, that's a real handicap. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's a strong tool to have in your pocket, especially those sewer jobs, stuff like that. Those re-routes. big projects, I mean, financing, it's very little people out there, man, that have $20,000 just yeah. sitting in the right pocket. Okay, here you go, Caesar. <laughs> it's not common. So yeah, financing is very important. All right, so that's about our eight common objection handling techniques. Uh, we'll just do like a rapid fire. What if someone says they want to talk to their spouse? That means that you didn't do your job right. You lost them along the road. So at some point you lost them and they just don't understand the value possibly that they're getting Yeah, or they don't trust you. It's a way of them telling you, okay, it's time for you to leave. It's the nice way of them telling you it's time for you to leave. But remember, we're going to stay in the box, ask questions, keep the conversation going. How much you charge per hour? We do flat rate pricing and not hourly rate. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's better for you as a customer. It's better for me as the technician. We both win by doing flat rate pricing. Yeah. And then number three, can you break that job down for me? No, parts are free. Parts are free. But no, <laughs> wait, on that wait. one. Oh, say that again. I don't think people heard that. <laughs> parts are free. You're paying me for an outcome. You're That's paying right. me for what I'm doing here. You're paying me to get you hot water. Um, yeah. Parts are free. You're paying for the service and yeah. you're paying for the outcome. <laughs> sometimes they're really just, sometimes they're really so persistent. I end up giving them a number. And at that, I don't know if that's right or wrong, but at that point, you just, you have to own that we are worth what I'm about to say. We are. We're definitely worth the rates that we're charging. Number four, can you email the estimate? 
The same one is talk to my wife, uh, talk to my husband, bring the focus back on those estimates, back at the, on those options. Five, we're moving soon. Always focus on the house, focus on the value that's staying in the home. A lot of times people think that the investment is in your company. That, oh, these $10,000 that I'm doing work, they think it's like they're investing it into your company, into you. Bring it back with them and tell them, look, the investment isn't in Caesar. The investment isn't in the company that I work for. The investment is in your home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're paying me X amount of dollars to do this water heater. That water heater stays here. It stays in your garage. I, you don't pay me and I take that water heater with me. Like, mm-hmm. it's, the investment is in your home. Using specifically investment when talking to the customer yeah. because the plumbing is one of the m- more expensive parts of a house. It's a big investment. And it's if you don't have water quality and right water pressure. It adds up. That bill adds up, man. Especially uh, when a flood happens, 10 minutes and you're thousands and thousands of dollars. And not just that, you know, the actual dealing with all restoration companies in your home, it's not easy on anybody. It's a pain. I had about a year and a half flood at a house that I was staying at. And God, it was like a month of torture, man, living through all that. Avoid that if possible by investing in your plumbing when it comes to water filtration, uh, water quality. Yep, exactly. Pressure, stuff like that. Number six, I can get this done way cheaper. Uh, My handyman can do it for less. What are they, what are you paying for as a customer? You're paying for more than just the physical movements. You're paying for the service, the insurance, the warranties, the fact that you'll be there. And then if you beat this price, I'll give it to you. Uh, What corners do you want me to cut? What corners? (laughs) What they're saying is... um, Trying to get the best deal I can out of you. There's also those scenarios where you do have to give discounts or whatever, but that's not what we're going for here. Always ask, okay, what corner do you want me to cut with it? Mm -hmm. Or you select a cheaper option. And then the last one, I I just don't have enough money. Do you offer financing? I forgot who it was who said that if at the end of the day, the reason they didn't buy from you is because they don't have enough money, that's okay. You did your job right. You explained it. You educated them. But at the end of the day, they really sincerely just don't have the money for it, well, that's not your fault. That's, yeah. not, that's nothing you can do. And if they don't have good credit or they don't want to go down the financing road, that's, that's fine. Where we, use, where we typically think not enough money is the first objection, it's actually, it's the last one in a way that, because you've overcome all of the other ones. Financing is very important. And financing, which should be offered on every call always even if they do have the money sitting there like just hey we also do offer financing like we offer six months 12 months whatever no interest people love that stuff and you said that you don't like when you're showing a customer prices you show them the monthly payment not the full price so yeah i try to hide the my pricing at the end because what i typically like to do with it just focus on what you're getting what you're offering to them, um, get the customer more focused on the service they're getting, go through all of them, all your different options. And then at the end, it's I ask, you know, okay, is there one that you like? Hmm. Is there one that you don't like? And they're always like, what's the price? Okay, which one are you more interested in? It's worked with me. Obviously, there's case-to-case scenarios. There's different customers out there, but play with it. See what works best for you. That's yeah, it sounds like you're saying get them excited about the option what before getting. they see the price. Yeah, Make what they're getting. Yeah, Build it up. Going back to Joe, I've played that. How much you think this is going to cost? Take a guess at it. I like that one a lot, man, because it, it, it also boils down to how what type of connection you have with your customer. I'm more of a more of the funny. I try to. That's how I try to connect with my customers. That's how I, 
have a lot of success connecting with them, they would take a guess at, oh, it's going to be $50,000. And, and like, just to look at the face, like, what? Nah, I'm just kidding. You know, it's only 20 or it's only 15. Yeah. Stuff like that. There's customers that will guess on it. Like, oh, I don't know, 15,000. Wow, that's a lot of service. Try more like 30,000 for this. <laughs> and it's fun. Once you're able to play with that and stuff, try that type of stuff. And But you got to make it your own. It's one of those things you got to make it your own. If you're just hearing this and you're just starting to think about objections, don't think of it as, okay, I need to memorize these responses for objections. Because the best way to overcome objections is to build a relationship with the customer yeah. and get them to trust you. Yep. Get them to, and trust you. And then when you give them those prices, because they trust you, they won't give you objections. Yeah. So that's probably the most important thing. And humor is great. I mean, if you can get a customer laughing, yeah. whew, you're in it. And the thing is also, nobody, typically nobody's going to spend $20,000 on you in the first five minutes. Oh, sure. You're not going to go in there in five minutes and boom, okay, where do I sign? It's going to take some massaging, man, to get them to understand and agree that type of stuff. It's going to take some time. So like roughly, how much time do you spend with a customer before you start like throwing thousands of dollars? Do you have a kind of a, a guideline or? Not necessarily. I can't put a time frame on it, but typically it's going to take me about 30 minutes to do a proper diagnostics, to check water pressure water quality, the issue, it, it's, you, you got about 30 minutes time spent, diagnostics, um, probably another 10, 15 minutes, just talking to the customer. I like to talk, you know, to my customers and joke around, whatever I'm doing, pet their dog, play on yeah. the couch with their dog for a little bit. I did this for a while, yeah. set a stopwatch and just make it a point that you're really not going to try to present until the 30 minutes is up or 20 minutes or whatever you yeah. need is you need to start. You come in there, just boom, leak here, and boom, yep. $12,000. You need a softener, you need this, you need that. Yep. They're probably going to look at you like, yep. are you dumb? Take your time with it. Average, I think, a healthy time spent with a customer at a home is between an hour and a half to two hours like mm -hmm. to really get through everything. I spent two and a half hours there, and they still just went with just with the economy, cheaper option. And that's fine. This time. Yeah. Th this time. But if you build that relationship yeah. next time. And it's just, remember, like, all we're doing is we're just showing them the options. We're just giving them options. That does not mean, like, you did a bad job because they didn't go with the premium. Like, don't think about it that way. At the end, we're going to let them choose. They're the ones that are going to choose. You know, there's customers that, you know what, the economy options is the best for me right now. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. Don't think you did a bad job because they didn't go to premium plus options. Not what we're going for here. Obviously, we would like, you know, to get that premium plus option mm -hmm. as much as we can. But don't feel bad if they didn't go with that. A better metric instead of thinking I need to get premium or I failed. Or if I didn't get premium, I'm not good at this or something like that. You really want to focus on three options. Yeah. Diagnosing the whole system. Put a gauge on every house, no matter what, even if it has a PRV. Oh, no, those things fail. They fail constant. Oh, yeah. Water quality. Do a, hard, a water hardness test. Yeah. I would focus more if you're getting into this to just to have those standards you set for yourself. Like, I'm going to check the pressure at every house. I'm going to check the water quality. I'm going to do my best to give three options. I'm going to ask the customer questions. Like, make it a goal to every customer. I want to at least find out where they're from. Or I want to at least find out if they have what their one hobby is. Yeah. You know, setting goals like that is a lot better when it comes to objection handling than actually handling the objections. Exactly.
It's a process. Build a process, build a procedure, and that's what's going to get you to success. Stick to it and follow it. And every call is the same. Don't choose for the customer. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Caesar, I think that's about it. I uh, just say I appreciate you coming on and sharing yeah. your knowledge. Where can people reach you if you want them to? Yeah, you guys can just shoot me an email if you guys want to connect or want some coaching or anything that I can help on. Um, my email is C-L-A-Z-C-A-N-O-621 at gmail.com. And that's Lascano 621 at gmail.com. Yep. Or go to the YouTube page and leave a comment. I can get in touch with Caesar if you want to get in touch with him for any reason. And then my email address is brandon at thatplumbingpodcast.com. To reach out to me if you want to be a guest or if you have more questions about this process, especially if you're in the Phoenix area, because I'm about to start really promoting heavily out here. Look forward to the local plumbers and getting connected with them and change in the, change in the culture in the, in the industry and the way that we look at service because there's just so much potential out there for anyone in the service trades. All right, then. Uh, I will see y'all again. I will talk to y'all again later. I'll talk to you later. I'll see you later. I'm just going to keep saying different ones. Bye. (laughs) Peace.